Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. I'm Alex. And I'm Britton. Uh, and, and gentlemen, I've, I've gathered you here today uh, because we, we need to, you know, lay to rest um, kind of a, just a, a, a poor, misunderstood, tragic figure, um, you know, somebody who uh you know through through no fault of his own uh was kind of put into into horrible circumstances uh and then you know the world sort of pressured him into becoming the the monster they wanted him to be um and i am of course talking about our dearly beloved michael myers uh who who sadly is very uh very definitively murdered <laughs> in halloween ends. <laughs> And yet, gone too soon. His too mask soon. isn't, even though I saw it get chopped up. Does so, it? The last shot of the movie is his mask sitting on the coffee table but or something. I don't. I don't remember it getting chopped up though. It's on yeah, his I face think, when they put him in the thing. I think they take it off his face. Oh, I thought. I thought we saw it get get munched up in the thing. I think that was just his face. I could be wrong. He's got a weird yeah. face. So it's kind of well, that's weird. Well, it's a weird way to look at aging. I think it's natural and beautiful, but okay. Um, well, yeah. I mean, he is a yeah. demon monster man thing that has been through horrible scarring and burning uh, sure. several times over the course of his life. So yeah. Who well, I guess if he looks at you hard enough, you become a killer. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Kinda miss so him. it it's it's after Halloween. Which will be the name of the next movie, by the way. Um, and and we, we're we're finishing off the Halloween franchise once and for all. Hopefully, we are. It's, Britain is crossing his fingers. We are literally recording this on November first. Uh, I don't know what you mean. That is exactly what they intended. Uh, this is when Halloween ends. I. What more do you true. want from us? Literal. Um, it's gonna go up on like November sixth. I don't just roll with it. <laughs> We we uh we and by that I mean me uh decided that we uh we we could not end the Halloween festivities on the very bland note of Morbius needed to spice things up a little bit so you're getting yeah, extra ha- Halloween absolutely nothing to say about Morbius so we have to make yeah, it up for everyone <laughs> <laughs> and I just hate having band aids on so I said let's rip it off yeah yeah <laughs> this week and next week I was gonna and say. Get it all done, man. We'll get a we'll Kick get a back, couple enjoy the holidays. Yeah, watch the born um, calamity. Sure, <laughs> you know trolls. Yeah. Um, we are talking about Halloween ends. Alex, what what are some things that we should know about Halloween ends? Uh, some things you should know about Halloween ends. It is directed by David Gordon Green from 2022. It has a 41 percent critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. And a fifty-seven percent audience score. I think the the critic score, um, if I remember correctly, is it's just like a couple of percentage points higher than kills. Interesting. That's weird. But it's like ten, fifteen points lower on the audience. Yeah, I, I would have assumed this had, this would have uh, split the other direction that critics yeah. would have liked it more than audiences. I agree. Yeah, I think based on what I was seeing from. Uh, most of the reviews are just, you know, the bylines. It's just people are just kind of tired. <laughs> I, I get that. 
and not and not will, willing to give it a chance. But. Yeah, I know what that feels like. I uh, <laughs> yeah, there was definitely a point where I messaged Alex and I said, "Alex, does the Dylan did the Dylan Minette in this movie just knock over a surgical tray with his erection?" Because <laughs> the amount that I was paying attention to the movie and the way the scene was framed, that's what it looked like happened to me, and yeah, it seemed I mean, like what the movie was spiritually conveying. And I was like, I don't think that's what happened. <laughs> and I was like, well, you got to look outside the frame. That's kind of the going against Ebert's uh, theory. But sure, sure. Yeah, the I, synopsis I guess... of the movie also is something I can read to you. Close yeah, sure. tab about. <laughs> I would appreciate that. Demetrodons. Um... Anyway, the synopsis for Halloween ends reads thus: Four years after her last encounter with masked killer Michael Myers. Lori Strode is living with her granddaughter and trying to finish her memoir. Myers hasn't been seen since, and Lori finally decides to liberate herself from rage and fear and embrace life. That's right, she's going to eat, pray, love her way around Haddonfield. Yeah, I mean, she kind of does. However, when a young man stands accused of murdering a boy that he was babysitting, it ignites a cascade of violence and terror that forces Lori to confront the evil she can't control. That's a... Better synopsis than a lot of the synopsis that's true. that we are provided. That's true. That, I that I will say all of those things happen in the movie. Yes. And well, especially like... that it's interesting how accurate that actually is, given that all of the marketing hides the character Corey Cunningham and right. it's right. just focused on oh Lori and Michael Myers fight one more time. <laughs> yeah. I mean they knew what people wanted to say. And what they would be greatly upset about as soon as the credits rolled. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love this movie. <laughs> I I also loved it. <laughs> uh, which I, means, I was Britain. I was, you have to defend your position of not loving it. <laughs> I was super apprehensive about it because when I saw it in the theater and I recommended it a few weeks ago, I was like, "Is there something wrong with me? Like, why do I?" <laughs> I like this a lot more than I should. Right? Running up to strangers and grabbing them by their suit jacket <laughs> lapels and going, "Can you check me?" <laughs> and watch this, this movie for me. Pull Papa, out a, Papa, feel my uh, forehead. Pull, pull, pull out a blurry 240p version of it on your phone, <laughs> pirated from some website. Be like, watch this and tell me if it's good. <laughs> Help. <laughs> Well, not not to say that I base all of my opinions solely on Red Letter Media, because of course I don't do that. But sure. they then put out their their review for the movie, and they were like shockingly positive on it, and they hate most everything. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe that, I'm not the crazy. They, they one. included they they brought back the old Plinkett character and did like an I, I watched this earlier. They did like an actual earlier after I had seen the movie an actual like critical analysis of the movie on a thematic and symbolic level. I was like, Oh wow. All right. This yeah. <laughs> like true. other Tyler. people noticed things that I, I also felt like were definitely there on the screen. And I am very baffled as to how this movie is the follow-up to Halloween. Yeah. Kills. Like I just assumed that, that, is that weird. Like, anything that was going to come next was going to be just a nightmare and a mess and totally like the wrong direction. It is almost to me, uh if uh rise of skywalker took me a second to remember the name had come out as the second movie sure in the in the prequel or the prequel the sequel trilogy and then last jedi uh had come out as the third movie that which tells you my opinions on those if you don't know them but also we have episodes so go 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 listen 
Um, I I think for me the most apt comparison is Batman vs Superman to the Snyder Cut mm-hmm. of just why does this piece work and that one which is made by the exact same people is just a nightmare and yeah. I never want to watch again. <laughs> like this makes Halloween Kills feel more justified in the sense that it happened and they created it. It doesn't really make me feel like I'd ever want to go back and watch Halloween yeah. Kills, but it it is like okay that. You've spun this into a way that there is like a thematic through line here and there's a narrative and there's something you're trying to tell about this this whole story um, that I felt was totally like muddled and missed in Halloween Kills. Right. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, I don't really know where we want to start. There's I feel like there's a lot to get into with this because it is just such a weird angle uh, on how you could do a movie like this. Uh, I think we can start with just the focus of the movie is not on Michael Myers. And that is what everyone seems to be very up in arms about is like, Oh, you made a Halloween movie. That's not really about Michael Myers. And the telltale sign was actually with the opening credits with them using the exact font that is used in Halloween three seasons of the witch, Mm -hmm. which is a nice subtle touch for people who, who know uh, are in on the references um, but I think the the movie works because it's not about Michael Myers yeah. and it actually is trying to progress the story forward and, and not just be Halloween kills where Michael Myers just goes on a murder spree and nothing of consequence really happens aside from that. Um, I think it's interesting, like, maybe that's a good place to start. I feel like this movie, so the, the premise of the movie uh, it's kind of a hard twist away from what happened at the end of Halloween Kills because the idea is Halloween Kills continues on from the 2018 events, Halloween events, I believe. So it's still, that's those are all like one piece. And then it's a year later. Uh, and for some reason, Michael Myers just left after the events of the last movie. And he just up and up and disappeared. Um, That part, I still don't really understand. And I don't think this movie really does a good job making any attempt to explain why that would be the case. Uh, considering how he was in Halloween kills, uh, that kind of bothered me a bit. I felt like that was a weird way to start the premise of being like, Oh, he disappeared. And it's like, why? He's like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) He just kind (laughs) of, he does that. I mean, I guess adrenaline wore off. He's an old man. Yeah. I guess that's He, he realized that, that he he was he was beaten up in the street for like ten minutes solid, and he was like, "Oh yeah, that's <laughs> supposed to hurt after a while, doesn't? Isn't it? That's gonna hurt in the morning." Um, yeah, I don't. I I'm trying to think of the past movies, which all just blur together. Uh, if there are other examples of like him wandering off and then coming back. Uh, later and like not having been like incarcerated for that time. Not sure that there are. I feel like there might be one, and I I can't connect it. But. Uh, H two O into Resurrection. That would be the big sure. one. If those are even supposed to be, <laughs> like connected, they are. Uh, but yeah, but like <laughs> in a stupid way. But they yes. are. Um, the other kind of foundation of this, as was referenced in the synopsis is that it opens with uh, Corey Cunningham, uh, this this bright, young, aspiring college student engineer guy. He is 
watching a young boy uh, who turns out to be kind of a brat. Um, and they're, he's trying to figure out, the boy runs off and he's trying to figure out what happened to him. Uh, he goes up this giant staircase we have established earlier in the shot or in the, the scene sequence and uh, then traps, the boy traps Corey Cunningham in a uh, closet thing and <clears throat> Corey uh, burst out of the closet because he's been locked in uh, and the door hits the boy and the boy flips over the railing, I guess, and, and falls to his death. Right as his parents And then his, his parents come home and see, and Corey has a knife because he uh, was using a knife. Because the yeah. kid was making, he was building up, oh, Michael Myers is still around, and it's very much like the town is still like apprehensive about if Michael Myers is going to come back and start killing yeah. more people. So does so, that take place, that says it takes place in 2019. Did Halloween Kills take place in 2019? No, it's that is in 2018. So it's one year later. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. And so Corey, while looking for the little kid, he, uh, the little kid makes it sound like Michael Myers has grabbed him or something has happened. So yeah. that's why he grabs a knife. But yeah. Um. It, it's like it's upsetting. They they really go out of their way to make the kid unlikable, which doesn't still doesn't really. Yeah. Like, Dude. justify anything. Yeah, justify anything. And I don't know that the movie is necessarily trying to. Of course, to. yeah. Um, I think it I think it helps kind of establish, like, how much Michael has corrupted this town that, like, now this is something that, like, small children are latching onto. And they're, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, they've internalized this and are, like, sort of using this, this fear of this terrifying event and person. Um uh, my my quibble with it is that I don't I still don't really understand how the kid falls off the stairs from how it's presented. It's a very quick like yeah he gets hit and like the kid his like shoulders the the railing comes up to his shoulders and he kind of just stumbles backwards. He doesn't really like he's not but he's not like Bazooka Joe or anything. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's a little flimsy to me, which is a very silly thing to poke. <laughs> but uh, it was kind of bothering me, mostly because I think, like, it is such a, like, horrible incident that I think in those scenarios, I'm kind of like, I feel like it needs to be believable. Sure. And it is kind of like the foundational premise of the movie. I don't know. Uh, Boy, that... Boys are flippable in Haddonfield. <laughs> they make them flippable. <laughs> We can make a pencil out of boys in the Timothy Green world. We can that's the, uh, flip a boy that's in, the make a slinky out of boys in this one. That's the Amazon Prime spinoff series that they're going to make of this. Hadn't feel the flippable boys. Uh, <laughs> they would do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's one of the dumber jokes I've ever made on this podcast. Um, it it is a weird sequence. I feel like it's, and I feel like it's done in a way that knows that it doesn't quite make sense or doesn't quite line up. Um, so it's very quick shot. Um, so that was a weird thing that I latched onto and kind of annoyed me. Aside from that, I feel like the rest of the movie pretty much nails exactly what it's going for. Um, from that point onward, we kind of have the entire first act, we don't really know what the driving force of the plot is. We're, we're following Corey four years later. Um, he meets Lori. He meets uh, Lori's granddaughter, Allison. 
and uh, starts to, to date Allison. Um, seems like maybe he's starting to turn his life around a little bit because he was uh, acquitted for for manslaughter. Um, so he's he's back out, but he's there, there's a I think a really nicely nicely done um, pivot. Unless I'm just missing something from the first scene, but basically like they show that he's working at a mechanic uh, junkyard thing. Uh, and he's working for there's a guy who's like oh you know you can have this bike and like he's telling he's you know getting on him for being late and stuff like that and then we we find out later that that's his either dad or stepdad or um you know some sort of father figure uh so that's like clearly why he gave him the job is because see their family like that's yeah. the only reason he's got it um and so you know we we establish that like he's got kind of this lonely sad life and people uh you know recognize him around town it's a small town so like everyone knows who he is and kind of treats him like a pariah and we're really just following him it's very quiet um we're kind of seeing that laurie strode put her life together uh and was like you know what i'm i'm done i'm done with michael where that he's 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 behind me he's 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 old news uh i'm gonna go write a book uh which i did message all while i was watching this uh, Scream 4 from 2011 definitely beat this movie to that punch already by having Dev Campbell finally write a book about the experiences that Sydney goes through. Um, then we... Like, we really get, like, 30 or 45 minutes into the movie, and that's just, like, the, that's just what we're doing. It's not, like... It's just like, a character study. I think we get one shot of the sewer that we later find out Michael is living in. And, and it's clearly like an ominous shot of like, Oh, what's in there? Is that Michael? Is that Michael's in there somewhere. Um, but that's like it. <laughs> like the, the rest of it is like, what's the plot? Like what, what's, what's happening. <laughs> um, and I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was really compelling watching. I, I think the performance uh, from, Ro Rohan Rowan Campbell. Uh, I hope it is pronounced Rohan, like the Lord of the Rings <laughs> nation, but I worry that it is probably Rowan uh, or or something to that effect. Um, I thought he was really good uh, throughout the movie, but I think like early on he does a really good job of portraying this this guy who's like he's almost on the on the edge of like being too socially awkward, yeah, to like function. Um but he's not quite there and, and he is, you know, really making genuine connections with Allison and, and trying to like be a decent person and just get by his, his life day to day. Um, and we spend a while just like with them and their romance and like the fact that they're kind of bonding over having some, th this trauma. Um, and then he <clears throat> runs into the mother of the son that he killed uh and she is basically like you're a piece of trash what are you doing here having fun you're not allowed to do anything ever again you monster right right understandable but and, and, and it's even worse because it's right as he's starting to feel like just a normal person yes. again because that's when he goes to that dance with allison and yes. he just kind of lets loose and kind of just frees himself and it's clear like oh this is the only time he's been happy in like three years yeah <laughs> yeah um and so you know he he gets this uh, horrible if valid reaction from uh, the grieving mother and that sort of spirals him and he he storms out um, 
walks away from Allison, and then he gets accosted by some teens that he had gotten into a ruckus with earlier. Uh, the, the band kids. The band kids. And Which I, I just got to point out, because we've made fun of particularly the David Gordon Green Halloween films for having like these quirky characters that are just like mm. a little outside of the norm of what you would expect for like oh we're just setting up fodder to be killed by michael so whether it's drone couple or sandwich cops or son who wants to dance instead of go hunting um <laughs> i thought this was that. a i thought this was a nice way to do that without like turning yeah. it into a joke of like oh the bullies are the band kids yeah. like okay no i like i, I like that they pointed out like look nerds are jerks <laughs> like that's what's happened like i mean honestly go on the internet like bullies right now are nerds like nerds are bullies now mm. they're not yeah, but I, outcasts anymore so i like that but yeah i feel like that could have easily been turned into a joke and with this particular creative team i would have ex- expected yeah. Yeah. that and then they didn't yeah instead they push him Good off job. the bridge <laughs> uh and he almost dies and then he finds michael um and that's or michael finds him whoa um and that's kind of where they where where our movie starts in terms of having a more of a driving plot um but i think that that premise is so effective because it it really does get you into the mindset of like all right this kid like is just i mean he just has like a miserable like day-to-day experience with with life and he's really trying to do something to turn that around um but it's you know he is trapped in this town that is not going to let him be somebody other than kind of what they labeled him as uh and that like it both establishes his character really well it establishes the mindset that allison has in this um and it really helps like create a foundation to then you can do stuff with Lori that we've definitely, I think explored some in past movies, but it's, I think because it feels more like a theme and it feels more like this is what Michael does is he creates uh trauma and he creates hatred and, and evil. And like he, he spreads because the fear makes people, uh, become worse versions of themselves like that i think is really really effective uh and really comes across in terms of how uh cory is portrayed allison laurie and then like all the townspeople also all have this sort of it's a very uh twin peaks the return is is one comparison i would make i think i actually saw jay from red letter media make that comparison on on twitter um before I had seen the movie and I was like, Ooh, and I a hundred percent agree with it. Um, and then I would also compare it to it. I feel like probably it is a better interpretation of the themes from the book. It than the movies. I haven't seen the, the, the 90 show. I don't, I don't know about all that. Um, but it, it really shows how like the terror that Michael created in this small town has rotted everybody like everyone has this this sort of just under the surface ready to burst out uh fear and hatred and and willingness to lash out at others and like he's basically totally corrupted this town by his actions um and yeah then uh we we get him and Corey seeing eye to eye 
and Corey sort of becomes his accomplice. Uh, and I think that really helps underscore it because it's like, does is Corey doing that just because like Michael hypnotized him and Michael just has magic evil powers, or is did Corey snap? Is it is it like he saw face to face with Michael and was like, suddenly I see like the the allure of of you know this giving into the abyss, so to speak. Um, and the entire movie like textually really supports it. Like there's constant conversations about this. It's it's a slow paced movie. Um, a lot of the kills are brutal and, uh, methodical and kind of like doled out throughout the movie at really specific times. I mean, the first death of the movie is the, the child that falls off the, the stairwell. And then we really don't, that doesn't happen again until, uh, Corey is pushed off the bridge, sees Michael or Michael drags him into the sewer um, and then he comes out of the sewer and kills a, a hobo who kind of accosts him. Um, and so it's like, and this, this man is also like corrupted by, uh, Michael's like psyche. Like he's like, I am Michael Myers. <laughs> I, I, you don't, why did he let you live? How dare you? Cause he's like kind of aware that the sewer is, is holding this creature. Um, and then and even then that's kind of like, okay, well maybe that's kind of like a self-defense thing. Like, you know, he, he was about to get stabbed. So that's why Corey killed uh, the homeless man. And then like, well, I guess the next one, is it the, the cop that Allison yeah. used to date? Mm-hmm. Um, which because I, that's basically Corey take this cop starts following him because the cop realizes who he is. Um, and so he lures him into the sewer because he wants Michael to show him how it's done. Yeah. And so he's able to get the cop and hold him down. And then Michael just pulls Mm -hmm. out the old kitchen knife and just starts stabbing away. Literally, it's like in a rock. (laughs) The kitchen knife is like embedded (laughs) in a rock. Like it's it's an Arthurian metaphor. I think so. I think so. He's taking up the sword and, uh, wielding it with justice as michael myers has always done um he's never done anything wrong um <laughs> you know he so yeah he, he kills the the cop and that's sort of like the first premeditated thing that Corey does to, to kill somebody um but again that's that's another like decent ways into the movie where Corey's kind of struggling with like i don't know who i am anymore necessarily um it's kind of like you can't tell if is he totally just possessed by Michael? Is he just like, has he had this revelation? Cause now that he's seen Michael and looked into his eyes, like he's had this sort of uh, feeling come over him of, of what, how he should change his, his personality, his personality changes where he's a lot more confident and kind of aggressive, uh, both with Allison and with others. Um, so it, it continues to be this really good character study of just this guy who's like grappling with this and, there's literally a part later on where he's just wrestling with Michael just in the sewer. <laughs> They're just like, that's, I mean, it's, it's almost on the nose. <laughs> like he's, yeah. he's struggling to figure out what this means and who he is. Um, I think it's really interesting. No, I completely agree. And I, I, I think, and, and the actor, and once again, I, I, I don't know how to say his first name either. <laughs> Rohan Campbell. He does just a 
just a beautiful job of making Corey super likable in that opening scene. Mm-hmm. Like, just a, he's not even supposed to be, he's not even like a formal babysitter. That's just, he's just doing this to get some side money to go to college. And like, just this freak accident happens. And like, he plays from like the confident up and coming mm-hmm. college student to super depressed loner guy and then he turns into a serial killer and i buy it all mm-hmm. like it's just it, it's a seamless performance and i don't know it it feels i mean the um the actual uh comparison i want to make is um dane dehan in chronicle because i think that's a very similar yeah um transition but then also i mean it's just the better version of anakin skywalker in the prequels right. but right. you know <laughs> um yeah, I just I love that the focus is on this character. And I've I've heard some people complaining about like, oh, Corey should have at least been in the last two movies and at least had, you know, been seated there and that way we get to this movie and, you know, it feels like it pulls the trilogy together a bit better. I get that, but number 1, this movie spends a whole lot of time on Corey mm-hmm. to the point where I mean, he really is the protagonist and antagonist, so it doesn't really matter that he's not been in the previous two movies. And also Halloween Kills was bad and Halloween 2018 <laughs> was fine. So I, I, I don't, I don't care. Mean, I, yeah. I mean, I really am looking at this as kind of a singular entity of a piece. Like I, it doesn't really <laughs> like, the, it's good to know what happened in those movies, of course, but I'm not really actively thinking about them aside from, oh, hey, there, there's the lady from Drone Couple. Oh, they're yeah. actually using her in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. You I get- want some cheese hits. Do you guys think um, Rohan Campbell is equally compelling in Operation Christmas Drop or Santa Baby 2 Christmas Maybe? Does there a third Rohan Campbell Christmas movie? Because we can find out. Well, there's the unauthorized Full House story. Okay. What? Um, oh, yeah. A Miracle <laughs> on Christmas Lake. Oh, and Dashing Through the Snow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there's four. And also something called Mech X4. Okay, this is. This I'm already not. I'm not set. in this episode, but I am working on this now. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna TV set you show to... called Mech X4, all caps. It's an American sci-fi out. adventure. Oh, it's a comedy. I don't want no damn comedies. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want serious mechs. Yeah, drama. Mech drama. Um, he's on Virgin River too, in the Hardy Boys. So. We got a lot of, got a lot of, uh, what's that quote from Lord of the Rings? Oh, no, it was Gondor. Never mind. I take it back. But Rohan did come to our aid, much like at the Helm's Deep of Halloween. Yeah. This really does feel like the Helm's Deep of the Halloween franchise. We're like, we're never going to make it out. We're, just, this is going to be just... terrible. And then who shows up to save us? Rohan. And it's just this, this grand epic charge that's better than anything you've seen before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, I love the, the hard turn and just like, we're <laughs> this doing podcast just took. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's very on brand for Halloween ends. It's true. Um, yes, but I, I like that we go a completely different direction with this movie because, Hey, most of the Halloween movies are bad guys. Like why mm-hmm. are, why are we like, th- they changed the formula. Oh no. Like this is one franchise where you should be like, no, I, that's okay. We can do that. There's 13 of these suckers. Yeah. And it's <laughs> season of the witch was pretty fun, guys. Yeah. It it really I think puts a good pin in <clears throat> the franchise because it explores this stuff so much because it is like 
All right, we get Michael Myers, terrifying, supernatural, maybe monster man that is going around killing a bunch of people uh, in very creative ways. And we do get some good murder pranks from our boy uh, in this movie that we'll talk about. Um, and from Corey. Um, and that's all well and good, but like, what's it's it's really exploring like what is his legacy and what's the effect that this has on on people um and that is sort of what halloween kills is going for this this definitely is like the flip side of that of like halloween kills is you know raging against something and you know making angry mobs and beating an old man up and a group of 10 people only to get horribly murdered by him anyway um it it's kind of like the opposite of that of like okay what what's the quieter ways that something like this can affect people um and is much more effective for it i think uh the the movie looks really good in my opinion um Mm -hmm. there's some really good transitions i'm sure there's like names for this from a cinematography perspective um but like things where your your eyes track where the scene is focusing on and then flips to something else in another scene and you're still looking at the same spot. They do that with um, Corey and Allison at least once. Um, and like it, it, I feel like the framing is really interesting. And a lot of the time it's pretty like the, <clears throat> the radio tower uh, I think is, is really well used as kind of a, a focal piece of some of the, the good shots, like wider shots that kind of like, embodies the town and like the idea of Corey has this idea of like climbing out of or climbing to the top of the tower would be you know sort of um this goal for him that's sort of a i think larger metaphor symbol for escaping everything that he has gone through um it's like i i think the way it sets out and the music as well that's uh, fantastic. I don't know if that's still who who did the score for this. Um, <clears throat> um, it was still John Carpenter. And okay. If it's the same as the last two movies, I think it's one of his sons and then a third person. Yeah, I think the score is fantastic, mm, and I feel like it is good. I think I complained maybe about Halloween Kills not quite punching in the right place, or maybe Halloween twenty eighteen. I feel like I struggled some with the scores not quite landing where they needed to. Um, this one I think works really really well um and like it, it it's it's kind of a new spin much like the movie a new spin on some of the the old sounds of the the score to these movies um so it the fact that it's 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 shot really well it's shot really, really thoughtfully um i think it looks really rich like i, I think the lighting looks really good <clears throat> and i think halloween kills looks good as well i feel like we talked about that some um but this is, you know, really, like, intentional design of, like, how the movie looks at any given time and how the shots transition and just setting up this atmosphere and this really slow build uh, as we watch this guy just totally go off the deep end um, and set up, like, the fact that this town has totally gone off the deep end and how do we how do we turn that around? Um really compelling and interesting and it is probably the second best halloween movie (laughs) yeah well i think one thing that that i kind of realized on a rewatch is that so many of the halloween sequels are just missed opportunities Mm -hmm. they just they have so much potential and they just don't 
utilize that. And I think the biggest one is Halloween 4 to 5 because yes. we have the twist at the end of Halloween 4. Oh, Daniel Harris is now the killer. Right. And then Halloween 5 starts and it's like, no, if that was a fluke, she's fine. She, I mean, she cookie lady, she can't really talk for most of the, It's <laughs> fine. It's fine, guys. Um, it, it's just more Michael stabbing people. It's fine. Um, we're afraid to take risks. Um, and, you know, the Halloween or H2O, I think originally was also supposed to be a copycat killer for most of that. Um, and then obviously the Rob Zombie ones are just like more retread than mm-hmm. they probably should be. Um, there's just a lot of like, oh, you have like an opportunity to do something fresh and original here. And you're just you're either playing it safe or you're backpedaling. And to me, that was very much what Halloween Kills was. It was. Yeah. Okay, you think that just going bigger is the only way you can push this forward. Okay, I got it. It's it's the dumb it, it's just a dumb sequel. Got it. Um whereas this one it's just like no, you're actually you're pulling thematically from what Halloween is supposed to be about, which is Michael Myers is the embodiment of evil and you're expanding on that. And I don't know, just kind of actually going with a copycat killer and making that compelling and making him mm-hmm. a real character instead of just a third act twist. I, I don't know. They put the time in, they put the effort in and it pays off at least for, for myself and Tyler. Um, Britain, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I, you've, you've basically alluded to this. Um, you were not so much into the movie. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? I mean, I honestly, um, I can only like a Halloween movie so much. I think that's really sure. what it comes down to. <laughs> there is a I, ceiling. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I've said this before, like, I, for me, Halloween is the worst franchise we've watched for the podcast. I mean, I wasn't here for the X-Men movies, I'd probably be in there too. Um, <laughs> I don't like Star Wars anymore, basically. Um, I'm pretty, like, worn out on movies in general. Except days. for Book of Boba Fett, right? Except for Book of Boba Fett and uh, Thrawn and the Podracer uh-huh. computer game. Uh, yeah. But I think that it's just really been, like, I was not in the right mindset when I watched the movie. I think that through the mindset I was in, I could see that this movie has done well. Like I've agreed with everything y'all have said. I don't, except I don't think uh Snyder cut is that great, <laughs> but I think, that it is. <laughs> I think Snyder cut is competent. But when the bar, I think when the bar is set so low, you mistake competency sure. for aptitude. Um, <laughs> and I think that's, you know, the weirdo in a metal suit had a character. That's not art. Um, it's just a relief, <laughs> but um, I think, <laughs> I think this is, this is good content. We should yeah. go back to the Snyder Cut. <laughs> yeah, we should. Britain, do, we should do more podcasts Britain, when I'm angry. Um, Britain throwing haymakers <laughs> right now. Jeez. Yeah. No, I. I just. I think that the. Uh, I. I think for me, Michael Myers is just not in any way compelling. I don't find him scary. I don't find him interesting. I know that like this whole crux of him is he's supposed to be the void, but to me, he is just a void. Like I don't attach anything to him and that doesn't make him scary it makes him boring for me um i don't know how i feel how i i i, I don't want to try to adjudicate my feelings on the first halloween um because True. you know that's so <clears throat> long ago i like resurrection as a good bad movie um but the rest of them i just i don't you know there's just nothing really there and so this one definitely had a ceiling and i definitely had to mute parts of it like after he after cory kills the homeless guy and comes home like I, I had to mute. I was like, I can't hear him talk to his mom. Like this is too upsetting for me. Like, and that was more about my mindset. Like the movie is grisly, but it's not. It's not Rob Zombie. It's not to that extremity. I, but I at think least in terms of emo- 
it's not it's not like it doesn't feel mean spirited the way that yeah that one did but i think there is something to that of like this is more upsetting than i mean this is it's like how do you i mean <clears throat> it's it's this in the way that I'm, I'm suddenly having like a million thoughts about scream 2022 sure um because like i'm suddenly thinking about how that movie is like trying to capture the oh the reboot trend yeah. how people do reboots Horror in the last few years has not been, <clears throat> let's make a good, fun, really well-made quality reboot of a franchise. It's, yeah. let's make weird stuff. <laughs> let's yeah. make stuff that is, like, going to unsettle you more than just be like, oh, this is kind of spooky. Yeah, it's more uh, the A24 thing. Exactly. That's exactly, it. like, Ari Aster, Robert Eggers, like, it's, that is, like, what is driving horror right now, Jordan Peele. Um, like it's more interesting and compelling than that. And now I'm thinking like, man, they really should have tried to do something like that with scream 22, 2022. Like get, give, give me that Robert Eggers scream reboot. I want to see what he does with that. <laughs> no, they're they're, they're randomly start chanting in the middle of something. <laughs> Tyler, all, all they right. could give you was a couple of placeholder lines about elevated horror being a thing. Right. That was, that was all. Exactly. You were exactly. That's, and that's what it, if Jack Quaid was suddenly making a bunch of bear noises at a campfire, I would have loved it. <laughs> And also farting. And also with you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that, like, that is why this works for me, is that this is this is taking it in a direction that's like, this is not just, like, in your face. I mean, it is it is in your face violent at times, yeah. but it's, it's not. The violence is shocking and brutal and quick. Um, and really what's upsetting is what's happening to these characters right. in this town. And yeah, it is, it is really unsettling and upsetting and like hard to watch because of what's happening emotionally to these characters that it's gotten you invested in. Right. Uh, and not because Michael Myers can tear a guy in half now because he's big, strong, yeah. mainly terrifying eight foot man. And I don't know, like, <laughs> yeah, I, how, I, how brutal can we make him? Right. And so I I think it's it's well done. I mean, I, I it probably is the second best for me. I mean, again, Resurrection occupies a weird yeah. <laughs> sort of like, well, that's the one I enjoy the most, but it's certainly not like, yeah, quote unquote good. <laughs> But yeah, I just, it was... Didn't I give that movie like a B? <laughs> I, I, I think we did F pluses all around, right? I feel like I gave it something, <laughs> something uh, that I 100% stand behind. Um, whatever it was. <laughs> you gave it a B minus? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good. That's the, that's the right move. Uh -huh. no, yeah. So I, I, I think for this one, it was it was more that I was like, it, it it really felt like homework, except that it was homework that was clearly well written. <laughs> like, sure. And I think the acting is really good. I think the music is terrific. I think it is shot neatly. Like, it is a good looking movie, and I really liked the way they included previous drone couple. There's a incredibly effective shot for me in the sort of funerary procession at the end mm -hmm. when the town's taken Michael to put him in the the thresher. I guess. Mm -hmm. Which all of that scene, I was like, if I were in a better headspace right now, I would probably be misty eyed because this is a, this is very effective. I think it's this catharsis of everything you're talking about, Tyler, of this town putting their thing to rest. And there's a shot of the woman from the drone couple who is at this point disabled and non-speaking mm -hmm. and perhaps paralyzed being wheeled by her mother. And then there's sh the shot of the little boy who we all really yeah. liked just walking. And it's like, oh, that's such and, and it doesn't call attention to it. They don't have anyone do a line like. What are you doing here, kid? 
Yeah, my babysitter was to, killed by Michael Myers. Have to have another funny line. Or whatever. Yeah, like he's just, just there, and you remember it. You're like, oh, right, he lost someone to this chaos, and that little shot I think is so effective. What are you doing here at this Michael Myers funeral? <laughs> Wait, that's Michael Myers, and then he just starts running. <laughs> right. And so I think all of that was really was really well done. It's just for me, there is such a Halloween ceiling where I was like, yeah. I don't innately care about this. However, because it's not really about Michael Myers, and because it's you know, I, I think Andy Matichak is really good in this as uh, mm-hmm. Allison. I mean, she's a solid in the last two, but like I think she's really good in this. Uh, I. Uh, so I, I message y'all that Rowan Campbell is now my uh, my fan cast for Scott Summers. I think you'd be. And weirdly enough, <laughs> if you want to know the scene that that one pulled me over on that was the scene where he's arguing, I think, with a lorry that's in his head uh, in the staircase. And like he he has the earlier when she meets him. um she's like there's some there's some exchange about like which one of us is the psycho and which is the freak show like i think yeah. i think that's what they the kids the band kids say to them mm-hmm. when they're both yeah. at the gas station um, look at what we have here a psycho and a freak show yeah and she's like which one are you yeah um no, which is really nice and then uh in this scene that is kind of i think him arguing if i understand correctly it is it is supposed to be kind of a total like hallucination um, which I think drives home, like, because she's like throwing the the airplane. This is again not to like write on the red letter media <laughs> explanation of all this, but like, um, they pointed out that she's throwing a paper airplane, uh, and also I think when the scene ends, she's disappeared totally. Uh, so that's a little strange. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure because the way she starts talking about like thematically she's like there's two types of evil there's kind of external threats that you have to try and protect your tribe from and then there's the internal one that everyone has to fight their own battle um and like that i don't know if Corey knows enough about Lori and like her thought process to for that to make sense as a hallucination um and also she's disappeared before like yeah, she she mastered that skill for Halloween 2018 when Michael pushes right. her off the balcony right. and she disappears, Michael Myers style. Um, so I I don't I don't know. I feel like that's almost so. intentionally ambiguous. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. Is it goes back to like, is he actually just like Michael Myers has now made him his minion, or is he is has he been driven over the edge by everything that he's been through, and now he's like struggling with all this kind of internal strife. Um, and like how much of it is, <clears throat> you know, him continuing to be driven on by that. For a minute, um, when you said he's your Scott Summers, and then you said, and weirdly, I thought you were going to go, and weirdly, Callisto. <laughs> <laughs> that too, though. <laughs> and while we're on the subject, uh, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis is Magneto. <laughs> okay, but that doesn't. I would like it. Yeah, I would that... like to see it. Jamie Lee Curtis and who who's who's the Xavier to Jamie Lee Curtis's Magneto? Quick quick pause here, quick timeout. We gotta figure this out. Um Emma Thompson. Okay. My first thought was Lindsay Lohan. Right. Uh, the, and because yeah. of the movie they did. My, my immediate thought is Judy Greer, because she's not in this movie and I want her <laughs> to have something to do. 
Judy Greer. Say, Judy Greer's I, beast. I, I actually thought you were about to say Judy Dench, which also really works. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, anyway, that's that's my point on that. But um, <laughs> that's all I got there. That's for uh, the, but that's I do for think why men. I would very much. <laughs> I would very much want Scott Summers to be played by Rowan Campbell. I think that would be fantastic. And there, the what I was getting at was he has the line that he says to her where he's like. I'm the psycho, you're the freak show. And like the way he delivers it is very like that basically he's accusing her of, of having stoked these fires and, and kind of continued to make the Michael Myers saga go on because you know, she is, um, as like the radio guy says throughout the movie, he's like, Oh, you, she provoked Michael Myers by continuing to be around here and setting things up. And like, she, you know, wanted this to happen. Um, so it is to me a really good scene where he, I think does this good kind of pivot of like acknowledging who he is. And also, I don't know, it, it's a really good, like sort of internal struggle, but still confident. And the way that he plays that for some reason, I was like, yep, I want to see it. Put, put the red visor on that man, please. Um, that would be. A lot of fun. I would like that quite a bit. And honestly, uh, she's not technically a redhead, I guess, but Andy Matichuk, uh, Jean Grey. Uh, All right. I'm not against that either. Yep. Um, so make it happen, Kevin Feige. I know you're listening to our Halloween Inns podcast, but uh, there you go. Get well, Patton you. is Colossus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to be... Uh... No, he's Wolverine. That, oh my god! <laughs> Actually, him as Old Man Wolverine would probably be great. No, Tyler, you can't, don't you can't you can't give a real answer now. Okay. okay that's <laughs> Will Patton is so good in this movie. He's he only could in be like, Nightcrawler. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna swish over there real quick. Swish. <laughs> bam. 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 Thank you. I forgot his automatopoeia. No, uh, he's so he's only in like two scenes, but he's so good. Like he's mm-hmm. so sweet. Like when they're when they're awkwardly, he and Jamie Lee Curtis are flirting at the grocery store in line, and it's all, um, like awkward and strange. And then he like not not strange in a bad way, just you know, awkward. And then he she yeah. leaves, and he looks at the cashier and goes, "Hello," <laughs> like hi. It's just so cute. <laughs> I just like him a lot. Yeah, it's just really nice after two movies of jamie lee curtis and will Patton, like very much just like playing it straight we have to kill yeah. michael and blah, blah blah it's just it's nice to just see them like oh they're actually like three-dimensional humans yeah. and they're they're you know actually having happy interactions with each other i don't know i was i was so immediately taken by um the change that they make with laurie in this where yeah. she has actually opened up and decided not to hide anymore yeah um I really think that's a nice touch and just like she's just running around like trying to cook things mm-hmm. and she's she's ta- giving Allison advice on on dating and, and things like that. And it's like I, it's all just really, really nice. It's just like, oh, this is a side to Lori that we've never really seen before. In any of the movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In any of the incarnations of this character. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I thought all of that was really, really great. And Lindsay's there. Yeah. Because she survived the last one. <laughs> yep. Tendon bar and tendon hearts. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just trying to keep everybody I, afloat. I did really like the scene where they bring back the dad of the kid who's killed at the beginning. Yeah, me too. Um, 
because mm-hmm. he's just kind of he's clearly just disheveled and he's not happy with his life and he's just playing pool and he starts talking to them about how recently he tried to talk to Corey and he's upset at how the town has kind of taken his grief and anguish and kind of just kind of exploited that and kind of like everyone's pulling at that and, and using basically using their own feelings in, instead of like actually allowing him to feel his yeah. his emotions um but he talks about that moment where he i mean it goes into the ambiguity of of what's going on in Corey's head where he's like yeah i went you know i i, tr- I actually went up to Corey and tried to talk to him and i could tell behind his eyes like there was nothing there and it was like is that was that always the case was it there always kind of that issue behind the eyes or is this like did this happen when he killed my son like he became a new person um yeah uh i i i just i just need to to harp on this how much time have we spent this episode talking about character work mm-hmm. and we're talking about the 13th halloween <laughs> i just regardless of whether or not you think the movie's good like <laughs> yeah they tried um that is a scene that really sold me on like the twin peaks vibes um sure. it's taking place in a bar at a pool table um with like the neon signs in the background and you could convince me that David Gordon Green gave him the direction of like, Hey, play this character like Harry Dean Stanton from <laughs> Twin Peaks. Um, his, his character there because like it's, it's exactly like that, that same vibe, like that, like sort of a man who's seen, who understands like the heart of the town and has seen it sort of be destroyed by this, um, these incidents. Uh, yeah, I really like it. I really, really like it. Uh, Do we want to talk about murder pranks? Yeah, yeah, I guess. I was I was trying to decide if I want to do that or the third act. And I was debating, should we say murder pranks for the end so we leave on, on a high note with we can my that. beautiful boy, Michael Myers? Let's talk about the third act because okay. that I think uh, it kind of goes along with the divisiveness of this yeah. movie. But I think in particular, the the Red Letter Media guys were pointing this out about how, and I'm not sure how I land on this myself, but like the fact that we do kind of shove Michael Myers into the last ten to fifteen minutes of the movie after you know Corey kind of takes on the mantle and it's like oh thematically evil has moved on to a new host. <laughs> And then at the end, it's like, no, nope, Michael Myers is back. He's got to fight Laurie one more time because we promised that to the fans. <laughs> there's at least, I think, a couple of kills that Michael gets alongside Corey. Yeah, I know there's one. I'm trying. He I, kills I, the I, cop, and then um, Corey kills the doctor, and Michael kills yeah. um, well the nurse. Um, we'll talk about that in the murder pranks section. Yeah. Um, but I think also he might be one of the killers in that that junkyard scene. Like, I think they might both be there in the junkyard scene. I'm not hundred percent sure how they're trying to. No, I, I, I want to say Corey is the only one. Okay. Maybe so. uh, well, except for his, his, uh, maybe father, yeah. um, who gets shot in the head. That was one of those. Okay. That for me, that was comparing that to lady who gets, uh, in, in Halloween kills who we talked about this with the, the car sequence where the lady runs up after having run away. She starts shooting at Michael and Michael kicks the door and like 
it hits her on the arm and manages to swerve the gun into her yeah. head and she shoots herself. And that is comical. The way that's executed, it's ridiculous. It's just the dumbest thing. But this, in this one, the situation is that one of the bullies is running up with a rifle. And he sees Corey. And he's like, okay, I'm going to shoot him. And the father is kind of kneeling between the two of them. And he realizes, oh, no, he's about to shoot my son or son of my girlfriend or whatever it is. Yeah. And so he stands up and gets shot in the head. And it's like, oh, no, this is just all really, really tragic and shocking. Yeah, because he was kneeling down trying to help the the one of the four bullies who was like the closest. The one who was like, guys, don't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And And she was trapped under under the fence. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Corey stomps her in the face. Correct. A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. Um, yeah. Uh, no, I'm just thinking about the murder pranks. Uh, <laughs> well, so how did we get on that? Oh, yeah, because we were talking about like Michael Myers. Like he is, he is present. He's he's there. He's he's doing some stuff throughout the movie. Um, to me, I think it would have been weird to not have him address since they do start roping him into the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been weird to be like, eh, all right, Corey's dead and Michael's still out there. Cause that's just like the normal status quo. I, th- I think it really works for me and, and we'll get into this. It really works for me in how they end up kind of putting him to bed for good and saying like, definitively there is no more Michael Myers. Um, because yeah, basically this is another weird thing where I don't totally understand what was going on. Um, Lori goes to fake her suicide. Uh, and I she calls the cops, which I presume is like the cops are coming. She wants the cops to, to arrive, you know, while she's confronting Corey and or Michael. Um, yeah. she, she thinks Corey's there. Maybe she, I don't know if we know exactly how she has timed that out, but like, uh, I guess she assumes he's coming. Uh, she, she knows Michael and knows Michael's ways, so she knows how Corey's gonna act. Um, I don't know, but she does like fake her suicide, and I guess she shoots because she shoots a pumpkin. It gives her a chance to for Corey to be like, "Wait, what?" And then she can shoot him. So I guess that's kind of the idea. A little weird. The- I I really like the moment where it's kind of first person from Corey's perspective because yeah, we have to do that because it's Halloween. Um sees the the pump, pumpkin splatter against the wall opens the door and then you just hear you hear Lori go did you really think i was going to kill myself and i i that as a just a character moment cuz i i while i was watching the movie for the first time i was like this movie is working i don't know why it's working this could lose me at any moment and i need to be prepared for that yeah. and i really thought is she going to commit suicide what are we doing here <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like she's been driven to that point. I really don't think we're quite there. And then she does that, and it's basically like a fourth wall breaking. Yeah. I'm still Laurie Strode, guys. Yeah. Like that, yeah. That that really told me, okay, I'm 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 in good hands. All right, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> um, and then she shoots Corey. Yeah, she shoots him. Goes down the stairs. She, she shoots him, and he falls down the stairs. Symbolism, parallels, etc. Um, and uh. She goes and kind of confronts him and is like, all right, I got you. What are you going to do now? And then he he hears uh, the car uh, that 
Allison is driving because that whole movie has been set up as like, oh, it's got a rattling, rattling machine piece. Um, he hears that coming up and then he's like, all right, stab myself. Uh, and now, you know, Lori is there holding the knife when Allison walks in. She thinks he's killed him. I've driven a wedge between them. Hooray. Uh, and then that is supposed to be his final act. But then uh, at that point, Michael comes in and Lori's kind of like, oh, snap, there's Michael. Uh, wh- where have you been, bud? And <laughs> then they get into a confrontation that Allison ends up showing up in um, to, to help kind of save the day and finalize the, the killing of him. Uh, I really, I, I think I'm up two minds about it on, on the one hand with the Corey thing, it is kind of like, so basically Allison drives away and she, then she sees that Corey is burned on the radio station, which we'll get to in a second. And she's like, Oh crap. He, that was actually like, he's, he really is a monster. She was right. Um, and so then she goes back. Uh, I feel like there probably should have been some sort of decision for her to make there beyond just like, okay, I don't have that information now. Now I do have that information. I need to go back. Uh, I I feel like there's something there that like, like I was really expecting it to come down to like him being, you know, saying you have to, you have to believe me. She's trying to kill me. Please, please help. She's gone insane. I was just trying to come here because I couldn't find you or, you know, like something to that effect. And then she has to, I mean, that's like a, that's happened in scream a couple of times in the scream franchise where it's like, you have to make the decision. Who, who do you trust? You know, where do you, do you think it's really, uh, Lori, your your grandmother that's that's gone, you know, off the deep end and is gonna kill your boyfriend, or is your boyfriend the insane one and all that? Like that choice, I feel like should have been presented to her in some way instead of just like the events happening and then her making logical deductions off of it. Sure. Um. So that was a little weird to me, but I really really love the fact that the way they kill Michael is not by like, they don't chop his head off. They don't, uh, I don't know, stab him a billion. They don't, they don't shoot him with a mini gun or they don't, they don't blow him up or shoot him with a flamethrower. Uh, they trap him. Lori, you know, kind of does the job of trapping him, gets him totally, uh, nailed down to a table, which the the homeless man from earlier was like singing a song about, like nailing me to the floor and stuff. Like there's there's a little parallel there, a little setup and payoff. Um, and they basically make all the blood leave his body. Like they slit his neck, they slit his wrist. Um, and it, it is it's like it's draining the blood from him in like a, a bloodletting like that I think is a really, I really, really like that as a way to be like, we're not doing this out of this, like, like it's almost like a ritual. <laughs> like we're, we're not doing this, you know, in, in this, this brawl uh, where we've set up the perfect trap to blow him up. It's, it's this sort of quiet, like he does, he does rip his hand out from one of the daggers and try and get her one more time. But that's where Allison helps out. Um, and, you know, they sort of stop the cycle of violence by being like, you are totally, you are trapped, you are removed of all your power and your ability to, like, hurt us anymore. 
and we are totally you know rendering you lifeless um in a like calm uh sort of calculated way um i think that's that's really neatly done uh, i like that that's the direction they go with that then of course they do throw him in a in a trash thresher just to be like he's real dead <laughs> he's, he's real dead i kind of i quite like the uh, sort of effect of him getting totally blowed up <laughs> in, in a not in an explosion way but in a like pop way uh in in the in the trash thing i think that is well done yeah. um just to be like confirm the kill confirm the kill there is no way he's coming back confirm the kill um but yeah, I and and then of course the fact that they do that and immediately it's this it's this procession uh to, you know, his funeral essentially of of the town being like our our long national nightmare is over. We are free. Um I think it's really neat. I think I really like that that is sort of the like quiet like definitive we're done. This movie has been about dealing with trauma and the the impacts of of grief and trauma and how that can continue to to follow you for the rest of your life we are putting it into that cycle of bloodshed uh allison's getting out of town uh laurie's gonna leave town to go to japan and see some cherry blossoms <laughs> and i'm like yes this is sweet i think that is that is a nice way to put a bow on this um i was not really sold on the memoir bit until the very end she, the last line she writes is that evil doesn't die it just changes shape so it's kind of like you have to constantly be on the lookout, but also Michael is credited as the shape in the first Halloween or, and I guess in all the Halloween movies, I don't know. Um, most of them. And, uh, so that's, that's a nice, like, ah, I see what you did there. Connection. It was nice to see yeah. somebody slightly justify that stupid credit. <laughs> we never understood why he's credit like we don't that's he, he's only michael myers i don't know why that's that's uh the only reason david gordon green actually made these movies yeah he's, he's like, like all right let me on. do a trilogy so i can set up this one thing <laughs> you, you know based on it's always on bothered the, me i gotta based fix on it. the mediocrity of halloween 2018 and the sheer uh badness of halloween kills i could that is a realistic possibility <laughs> Goodbye. Now, I, I did want to ask because one thing I, I did consider with how the movie ends, because of the final shot we see, and it's it's a really nice counterbalance to kind of Tyler what yes. you like with the uh, normally in a in a theoretically good Halloween movie, we cut between different locations and all you hear is Michael's breathing and it's like, oh, he could be anywhere. And the music's like Yeah, you know, it's kicking because it's like Oh snap, this isn't this is never gonna end. That's yeah. yeah. And and this one, it just cuts to different parts of Lori's house, different rooms. And I think even still, like when it cuts to the kitchen, you can see the dented marks in sure. the table where she's put the knives to hold yeah. Michael down. But then the final shot is just her kind of work area with her desk and everything, and Michael's mask is just sitting there on the table. And then it cuts to credits and starts playing "Don't Fear the Reaper." Yeah, and it's all <laughs> silent. It's t there's not there's yeah. not music. There's not breathing. There's no effects. It's just silent. Here's this empty, peaceful house, and that's all there is. I guess the and idea I, being that she literally left him behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I I did also have just thinking of it as an ambiguous ending. Just 
because you know there's going to be sure. more halloween sequels at some point mm. um i know this is supposed to be jamie lee curtis's last one um uh, she has said that before um <laughs> yeah. but that moment where michael breaks free from the trap or he breaks his hand free and he starts doing like the mind meld with her that he did with Corey, and for a second there, I was like, oh, is is he transferring his evil powers to her? And the idea is supposed to be that Allison comes in and stops yeah. him because she specifically says, I'm not going to let this happen to you, too. Um, sure. So that's the idea. But just the way that how just somber and quiet the movie ends. I actually considered just based on Lori's monologue about like it just transforms I considered the possibility that maybe she was, in fact, going to become the next killer eh. um, just because the mask was still there. I, I don't think that's the intention, but on a first watch, I did have that thought. Sure. To me, my, my read, and I literally like smiled when the credits rolled, um, I think that is like very, very intentionally, this is a hard, a hard transition or hard um, contradiction to the way the first movie ends it's like it's it's daylight it's sunny yeah. um you know we see the the michael myers mask in in full light it's not on anybody it's just sitting there she's contained it and controlled it and no longer is it a threat um so that's definitely my read i can't imagine how they could do another one of these with jamie lee curtis i think like i mean i you know i'm sure they Hall- might halloween in japan <laughs> <laughs> um I may, you know, it's, I wanna... it's literally just the Wolverine, but instead, yeah. it's just it's just a horribly photoshopped Michael Myers yeah. mask on top of Hugh Jackman. She's yeah. fighting a a guy in a um like a no theater mask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Baba or something. Yeah, I want it. I don't want it. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, I feel like, you know, even if someone did have that idea of like, oh, we got to get that off the ground. I feel like at some point that would fall. Like the studios would just be like, why? Are, what is what is it? What are you trying to like? We, we did that. We literally did a trilogy and all three movies in the trilogy were like about her getting over yeah. Michael Myers in some way. Like what? Uh, no one wants to see that. Anymore. <laughs> like, like, I think that's the point. I think they would very much do just a straight reboot. Give it to. I don't know. Um, who's the Doctor Strange guy? Scott Derrickson. Scott Derrickson. Yeah, give it to Scott Derrickson. Be like, make a Halloween movie. You know, like do do the big reboot. Do the, do this in ten years. Um, after he's, uh, I don't know. Done, what? Which one is he? Sinister, or is he Babadook? No, Babadook is Jennifer Kent. Or or is he someone else? He made the black phone. Didn't he do what? I, there's another one of those. What What was like his his sort of original? Yeah, it was sinister. Was it sinister? Yeah. So once he's he likes, done, because he likes working with Ethan Hawke. Once he's done sinister four, uh, then it's like give give him the Halloween reboot, and everyone's gonna be like, oh my gosh, Michael Myers is back, and do probably something very similar um i was assuming they would give it to the multi-named uh scream boys from 2022 tyler olsen benner and (laughs) jackson brody Paranelli. what a or whatever his name is (laughs) is it not (laughs) is is that not is it not Paranelli 4chan 
I don't believe so. <laughs> um, but like, I I think it's gonna. I think it would take them some time to like, yeah, put together uh for for anyone to put together a pitch that's like, oh man, we really got to get this back, get sure. get this franchise back on track. Um, especially because the last couple movies weren't received very well. Like, well, that, critically, that, I don't think yeah. they did super well financially. Like, well, that's a weird thing with Hollywood where they'll go, oh, this is a huge hit. We need to make a new one because it's it's financially dependable. But they'll also go, ooh, that didn't work. We should make another Batman movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> people don't like this Batman. Let's make another Batman real quick. Yeah. Like, people, they, they can be weirdly reactionary to, yes. to how people yes. respond. So the fact that this wasn't done well, I could see some executive down the line being, saying, we want to give fans the Halloween they deserve, right. which is nonsense. Right. Um, but. I mean, they, they did get the Halloween they deserved multiple yeah really. multiple times yeah. <laughs> who's who's the who's the new ghostbusters guy the most recent ghostbusters guy jason reitman i believe yeah give Let jason reitman halloween I, that would be fun if this is like a juno style laurie strode yeah. who's always like you can't stab me home skillet <laughs> you yeah and, and michael myers is, burnt, plays by, is played by jason bateman and he's just like yeah, well, I'm uh, gonna try and kill you. Uh, that's all right. Yeah, all right, buddy. <laughs> to development, but it's Halloween. Yeah, yeah. It'd be good. I could see Michael Sarah wearing a Michael Myers mask. Michael, uh, Ma- Michael Myers. Now shows, you're selling me. Michael Myers shows up and they play the final countdown. Yeah, uh-huh. for sure. Uh-huh. I'm gonna take down Michael Myers, narrator. He wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> and this time there really is a fire sale. <laughs> Those are all the jokes I know. Yeah. Leaving a note. <laughs> banana stand. There's always um, murder in the banana stand. There's always murder. <laughs> Only murders in the banana stand. Which is my favorite Sue um, Grafton novel. Yes. Uh, speaking of murders, I would like to talk about some murder pranks. Um, Tyler's Michael's taking us to murder town. <laughs> taking us to murder town. <laughs> I'm not going to. I, I want to do a voice. I want to I want to do a whole bit on that. I don't, I don't have it in me right now. Maybe I'll put a pin in that and just like cold open the next podcast with that. And you won't, I'll do it. I'll record it on my own. So you won't be able to like, <laughs> we won't uh, even do know. stop me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or, or I'll add it to the beginning of this one. Uh, we'll, we'll never know. Um, the big one that Michael gets into. So he does stab the, uh, I think Doug is the name of the, the police officer that um, Allison had dated previously. And it's kind of still like, constantly kind of bothering her and trying to get her to uh rekindle their romance uh he gets he gets stabbed by michael and that kind of gives michael his his mojo back he's like oh i can kill again i can do this uh which does again raise questions about like he killed a lot of people in the last one if he he's driven by murder then i don't know why he would have stopped at that point like unless he just like maybe he got too full maybe he got an upset (laughs) tummy he's like oh that's that's too much killing I, I, Halloween killed too much. I mean, I, I, to be honest, I kind of like that they leave it ambiguous. I like that it's not, we're not going to really explain it. And Michael is just kind yeah. of a mysterious thing. I mean, if we, if the argument is that evil transforms, I think the fact that the town is kind of consuming itself and sure. is in the He's place like, that it's in in Halloween ends, it's like, no, he won. He doesn't have to kill anymore. He yeah. won. And he's like, I did my job. All yeah. good. Y'all, y'all got it from here. Um, possible. 
Uh, either way, uh, the big one he gets, there is uh, the scene where the doctor, that is Allison's boss, as well as the nurse that gets the promotion to like head charge nurse um, because she is sleeping with him. Uh, they're both going back to the doctor's place. This is a really good, I think, example of like random side characters that, again, aren't super weird in their humor or anything. Like the doctor is kind of like having fun. He's like, oh, I got a fun bottle of wine. And, uh, you know, I've got this fancy house and I'm, I'm telling Alexa to put on some fun music, uh, some 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 uh, romantic music. And uh, he's he's kind of dancing around and like joking with her. And clearly she's just like, man you're so rich this is great <laughs> and it's like the the characters are not likable or good people but it is like okay these you know th- these characters feel a lot more normal than like the the sandwich police or it's also or weird whatever. she keeps referring to him as doctor whatever which at first i was like no i get it it's the sexual role play thing mm-hmm. i mean he is a doctor but that they're playing up that sort of the eroticism of the transgression of their affair. But then once she's, that wasn't a joke, but once she's <laughs> actually scared, she keeps calling him doctor something. Sure. And I was like, now this is unsettling. She, <laughs> like, she thinks it's his first name. I don't know. <laughs> it is his first name, actually. That's doctor, doctor Mathis or whatever. Uh, and she, and she's calling him by his full name. Yeah. Doctor, doctor. Look, if we're going by So what uh, I'm saying is D plus. Didn't fit my understanding of sexual transgression. Sure. Britain, if we're going by previous Halloween credit logic, when it shows that actor in, in the credits, it's just gonna say the doctor. Ah. We'll never know his real name. That's true. That's true. Or he'll just be called like <laughs> Phil. Wall Wall Doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um Basically, His name is Doctor Stabby. He got <laughs> yes. stabbed a lot. <laughs> um, they are they're all hanging out, and then uh, Corey and Michael both show up. Uh, Corey just uh, does some traditional stabbing, some some light stabbing on the doctor, and then Michael uh, he does he brings it back. He brings back the classics. Uh, and he he impales using his machete in a just incredibly physically uh, like un uh, plausible implausible way. Uh, he he stabs her into a sort of uh, modern art painting of like a bunch of orange squares, orange shapes, and rectangles, um, and stabs her directly into the middle of it. Uh, and that is you know his his kind of masterwork. Um, it's really kind of the only thing I guess that he gets to do in this movie then. Um, but you know, he, he gets to come back and say like, yeah, I still got it. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's nice. That's all well and good. Um, then, uh, Corey I'm trying to think of the order of operations here. I think the next thing with Corey is the junkyard scene. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think so. Um, cause I, I, cause he still got the scarecrow mask yes. when they attack the doctor. And then after that, I think he goes and he steals the, the mask from Michael. Oh, is that okay? Cause that that's, cause that's when they get into a tussle in the sewer. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, so then he goes to this, uh, junkyard, um, after he like scratches out their car the the bank kid's car and and lures them all to the junkyard um 
he first chases them down in a tow truck uh the one girl who's like the the girl that is almost like hey guys we should stop but doesn't stop them or leave them um which is still kind of cruel but <laughs> that, that he horribly murders her uh sometimes hor- horribly murdering someone is not totally justified i will say <laughs> hot take um <laughs> but he does he does uh run into run into a fence that she's trying to climb over like a fence gate and uh traps her underneath the fence with the truck uh, and then eventually stomps on her um then he also uh i believe bludgeons one of them with a large wrench as one does uh the what does he do to oh he blowtorches the main yeah. the main band kid he and I which like is a direct reference to earlier in the movie like there's a very similar shot of him using a blowtorch just as yeah. normal cory i i really like how that's done um where like it's very much like oh you can see what's happening to this kid but it's like slightly out of frame yeah. and it's blurry yeah a little bit out of focus and, and that's not quite what the camera is focusing on it's focusing more on the girl's reaction yeah. to this thing horrible thing happening where it's like you're getting the impact of oh my god this is that is horrible but it's not to the point where i don't know it's not like what we talked about with the last couple of screen movies where it's like oh some of these deaths feel too real like this is yeah right this yeah. is this isn't this is a little unpleasant yeah <laughs> Um, and the, the best one of the bunch that I almost forgot, uh, the one kid who, who is sort of like, he, he walks around with the drumsticks and that is sort of his personality in the same way that, uh, what's his name? Speaking of Twin Peaks from, uh, am I think what am I thinking of? I feel like I'm mixing up several references. Uh, am I thinking of back to the future where there's a guy who wears 3d glasses? Yes. Uh, what is that guy's name? Was that actor? I think it's the doctor. <laughs> oh, is it? Is it three D man? <laughs> oh jeez. You know, it's just um, it's just three D. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look this up. But either way, uh, this <laughs> ended up being a much more complicated uh, metaphor than I needed it to be. Um, but in the same way that the glasses are his personality as a character in that movie, this guy just he has drumsticks all the time. Um, they they find him with drumsticks impaled uh, in his eye. That's yeah. that's some Corey's Corey's learned from the best. That's some classic Michael Myers murder pranking. Um, and then uh, maybe the most horrifying one, but definitely still in the spirit of things, is uh, Corey uh, going to the radio station and uh, cutting the basically smashing the jaw and then cutting out the tongue of the radio announcer who's been kind of talking, like basically accuses him of all sorts of things and like has all sorts of conspiracy theories about Lori and about Allison, uh, and has, has been constantly talking about Michael Myers and the events of the, the last Halloween, um, or the 2018 Halloween. Uh, and so that's, and then the, the tongue is left on the record as it's playing, uh, a song, which is, uh, horrifying, but, fantastic it does it does fit <laughs> the uh sort of why he's why he's angry at him it fits the revenge motif mo- motif motive 
Um, and then he burns down the radio tower, which is like, you know, goes back to a lot of what he's been talking about as a character as he's gone down this like descent down down this dark path. Yeah. So. And then he kills his mother, which is. I like how yep. they just kind of cut away from it. They don't really yeah. dwell on that. It's it's one of those things where he kind of just sneaks up behind her with the kitchen knife because it's like, oh, Corey has finally earned the Michael Myers weapon of choice. Um, and you just see his mom react and scream, and then that's that's it. I, I, I appreciate how we don't really dwell on that all that yep. much. Also, I like how Corey's mom is not just completely just like a cardboard cutout because i feel like that that could have been very easy of like oh he's just got an abusive mother um but i like how she's she's got this very weird overprotective relationship with him where you know she's very demanding of him and needs to know where he's at at all times and know needs to know who he's hanging out with and who he's talking to but there's the wonderful scene where Lori goes to talk to her and she's like this town destroyed my son like he they turned against him and he is a sweet boy and he did not deserve that um so we really kind of get into why she's so overprotective it's not just oh she's just kind of a creepy mother because that's what is called for for this this character um i don't know i i just there's there's just a little there's a touch more nuance here with some of the characters than yes. most most halloween movies Correct. maybe all halloween movies <laughs> but um to explain the meta the mixed metaphor i was going for here i would like to clarify uh billy zane is also in back to the future as one of the one of biff's thugs alongside the guy i was thinking he was the one who was wearing 3d glasses but he is not he's just one of the other thugs uh and he's also in twin peaks He's he's too go. pretty for three D glasses. He doesn't yeah. need them. Yeah, we would all die. He'd he'd be he'd he'd activate his cyclops powers. <laughs> Although I want to see the Titanic. Uh, I want to see the the director's cut where it's just Billy Zane with three D glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that my that thought ran through my mind of like that doesn't work. That's not <laughs> that can't be where my brain's trying to go here. Look, I I think I think if we went to change dot org and <laughs> we really we really took the internet James by Cameron, storm, you coward. I think I can't. I think we could convince Jimmy to 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 see the light and not release an over three hour Avatar sequel. Yeah. Release a Titanic three D cut that is not actually a three D movie. It's just yes. Billy Titanic, Zane wearing three D glasses. Version of Titanic where Billy Zane wears three D glasses. Yes, that would be good. This is what I want. So Why is the world not just? <laughs> then he can. Then maybe he can revisit uh, Avatar two after he does the same thing with Avatar one. Uh, and, and, and then cuts and then out re- an hour and a half of the runtime. And then and then Avatar two can't. He has to go back through and release it with the three D glasses version, and not ever release the original version. So I, I really like the idea of Billy Zane dead serious saying, "Real man makes his own luck," but he's got the old blue and red three D glasses. <laughs> yeah. <on. laughs> no, completely unironically, like, yeah, <laughs> I'm that guy. You can convince me about him. <laughs> You could convince me that what's his name from Last Jedi? Uh, also plays the collector. Babu Frick. 
Shamu Frick plays the correct Benicio <laughs> Del Toro. Benicio, you could convince me that he's wearing. I think his name is Babu time. Del Toro. Come on, ba- yeah, ba- Babu Frick Del Toro. <laughs> yeah, um, you could you could convince me that he was wearing 3D glasses. That <laughs> yeah, and that does not affect my my opinion of the movie. But well, that's know, that's how that. that that was how he played the performance. He was like, "This is how I'm approaching the character. It's as if he's wearing 3D glasses." <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Like, I think, come which on. is maybe just how he approaches all his performances. I'm not. I would love to see one of those like black and white but there's no reason for it to be in black and white but there's an actor being deadly serious about well i imagine the character is wearing 3d glasses the entire time and that was really how i <laughs> sort of played the scene and then they're like mourning their dead child or something in the clip and like but he in my mind he's wearing it's, 3d it's glasses sort of, it's sort of emphasizing Look, how disoriented he is and he really loves ario speed his, wagon <laughs> the, the depth of of his world is is off um, his, his perspective has been changed <laughs> Look, Benicio del Toro, he was on board with License to Kill until, you know, he read the script and he's like, what really sold me was when 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 my character goes, oh, we gave her a nice honeymoon and my character slowly slides down his 3D glasses and then they wouldn't let me do it when we filmed. I almost quit on the spot. But I did have to get in between Robert Davi and director. So, because Robert Davi, Bob was really, Bob Dov, as I call him, was really going, uh, sticking up for me. (laughs) He's saying, no, you don't understand. This man is an artist. The glasses are part of it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Halloween ends. Yeah. Um, good, good murder pranks. Final, final, bottom line. We didn't have enough of those, I think, in Halloween Kills. It's a little too straightforward. Halloween had some... Uh, but like, I've been, you know, I, I've talked about, um, Scream 2022, missed the mark on those. So yeah, gotta, gotta keep a running, a running tally there and make sure I'm not missing any good, uh, good, good fun kills. Uh, and if you want to keep track of, um, my rankings of all kills in every horror movie that I watch, uh, you can go to goodfunkills.com have a link to all the scenes that i'm referencing uh, and we'll see you know once i get through friday the 13th we'll see all right who's got the top 10 kills um or friday the 13th and nightmare on elm strength it's elm just strength. a google doc that you can't edit it's just Tyler, <laughs> but you'll see the cursor <laughs> blinking and you're like i but, can't do anything but if, and, if you if you type in if you type in that url and do and, and do uh slash uh spooktacular savings there's a little order form and tyler will send you a single index card for you to write your own list <laughs> i was gonna say a printed copy on the cheapest paper i can get it costs <laughs> it costs five dollars for me to to yeah uh send it to, like you have to pay me five dollars right and i will mail you this this trifold uh, on very flimsy paper but don't flip oh. it over don't worry about the fact that it's a coloring sheet from a church that he found <laughs> <laughs> broke into a church and was like <laughs> taken tyler <laughs> tyler i feel like you're you're being a tad misleading there the five dollars is just for shipping and handling the total is 14.95 that's true that's that's accurate you don't find that out until you get to the final part of the thing um <laughs> and i will definitely at some point enter do an enter so that like google docs it's got like the top the top four and then there's an enter for like a the line for five and it's it's like five and nothing's nothing's filled in there yet and then the rest of them uh are filled in after that and they're just i just won't fill it in or backspace or do anything for like two weeks i'll buy it i'm gonna go do this <laughs> i'm gonna go, <laughs> go for I'm it i'm gonna go start we all need creative outlets 
I'd buy that for a dollar or fourteen ninety five. <laughs> um, what are we? What are we grading this thing, Tyler? I I need to see how high you go before I before I match it. I <laughs> what What did I give the original? Because I I seriously think like I enjoyed this probably as much as. Or close to as much as the original. I know I gave it an A plus, or I should have if I didn't. You did give it an A plus. Um, uh, Britton and I gave gave it an A. I think I'm gonna go A minus on this guy. I think uh, I I really really enjoyed it. I thought like genuinely from a filmmaking perspective and like from a, a watching perspective uh, as a, as a viewer, like I I was really compelled. I thought it was super interesting and thoughtful and like I don't know, just like really like crafted well uh creatively interesting I, I i was totally like yeah this is the most i've enjoyed this franchise since uh probably since halloween resurrections but since <laughs> before that <laughs> halloween what, yeah. what's the uh, second highest grade i've given a halloween movie geez probably like a d yeah really oh uh, let's see what we, what we got here what we got here all right uh let's see I'm just going down the list. D plus is our answer so far. <laughs> oh, no, no, we got a we got a C minus here. Okay. Oh, oh, what's a C minus? Oh, no, no, no. You gave Halloween 2018 a B minus. Weird. That is that is your second highest, sir. Okay. Spicy. Yeah, I don't like that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it a blade situation where Maybe. where like me you need to go back and downgrade literally every like, single film? Yeah. Um. A minus, I guess. Sure. All right. Why not? Okay. <laughs> we talked into it. I mean, peer pressure. I, peer I was pressure. I was gonna go C, and I was like, "Don't give it a C. Come on, <laughs> it's better than that." Just because you didn't have a good time watching it doesn't mean it's. I like the I like the gut the gut feel of the swings yeah. here. I'm just like C. No, A minus. <laughs> yeah, I probably am rating this about where I rated the Batman, but I think I dislike the Batman more than I dislike. <laughs> this but also at this point i don't know how i feel about any either of these movies so maybe i think my my lower grade for the batman is really just like a protest <laughs> i'm just like no i'm different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um much like this movie it's different yeah um i am i'm going to match it uh we're gonna have we're gonna have three a minuses here um, yeah i think obviously the 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 original is still a masterpiece in many ways and it's it's just kind of classic and i don't know it's, it's just hard to top that considering like it's the first one um but i think this one comes very very close and i honestly think that if it's like oh it's around halloween time do you want to watch one i'd probably choose this one <laughs> well this and this too we didn't really talk about it but it has sort of a quick like montage clip session of mm-hmm sure stuff that happened i think just in halloween 2018 and halloween kills because this there's there's a little bit of halloween 78 yeah okay um i i I haven't even thought about or revisited how messed up the timelines are in terms of which movies take place in which timeline or whatever um really is a choose your own adventure but this one in particular really only works with the the 78 one like this trilogy does if I'm not mistaken. You so. almost could just go 78 Halloween, Halloween ends. That's, like, yeah, that's that's sort of what I would think. Or even just like 78, eh, Halloween 2018 is probably enough to, I think that's a good, that's a good watching experience. 
I, I really do think that this movie is going to stand up better over time. I hope so. Um, more than people think at this point, because I've seen a lot of negative reactions to this movie. It's been a bit more mixed. I, some people have started, you know, popping, yeah. coming out of the woodwork like the Red Letter Media folks um, and saying, no, there's actually something here. Um, but I think this movie is going to be just kind of buried for a while and then people are going to revisit it. Um, similar to season of the witch. I know we got more <laughs> kind of so bad. It's good vibes out of that movie. Um, but that yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how, like how this, if it does get reappraised in like 10, 15 years, it's really good. <laughs> I'm, I, on a whim, I went to the theater to go see this. I'm. You could have I, seen I, I the, the movie it. that people make fun of because it's bad. Amsterdam? Is that? Yeah. You could have My seen options that. were Halloween Ends or Amsterdam. I made the right choice. I think so. Yeah. It's Don't Worry Darling out yet? I think it's been out. <laughs> I did see a review for that. And <laughs> I was about to say, I did see that in my recommendation <laughs> this week. <laughs> Is and, and do I saw, worry, I darling. I saw what the twist was. Britain, maybe you can remind me. What's that Matthew McConaughey movie where he's on a boat? Serenity? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's got Serenity vibes to it. I'll just leave it at that. I didn't have any... I, I, I didn't plan on saying Don't Worry, Darling. And I haven't seen Serenity, but I've listened to the Flophouse episode on it. If that has the, the twist that Serenity has, like... It's it's not the exact same. Okay, it's okay, similar okay. though. Oh my god, <laughs> that that's amazing. Because <laughs> I was assuming this was just Gone Girl for Zennials, <laughs> but but no, if, no, if, no, no. We can't we can't have it be that interesting. God, if Harry Styles is secretly Kirby or whatever in this thing, like you just sold it. <laughs> uh, well, you didn't sell a ticket. I'm not going to the movies for it, but. <laughs> God, that's appealing. I don't know. To me. I, I I may I may you have raised your expectations Paramount too much. I feel like you must subscription free trial or whatever it lands on. Yeah, Britain. I feel like you might watch it and be like, "Oh, this is all right." I, I, well, that I movie has such a funk around it. All the PR stuff yeah. around that movie has such a miasma around that movie that it's like I'm gonna have to wait yeah. for a few years to be like, "Okay, well now I can watch it." All sure. The subscription to Hulu Orange. Whoa. Which sounds like Nickelodeon stuff. Yeah, or um, or maybe it's going to be on Showtime Secret. <laughs> you mean stars? <laughs> Tubi. Don't Tubi, darling. Stars Midnight Black <laughs> uh, is, the, is the bonus stars subscription. I think, I think we can pitch a horror franchise called Don't Quibby, darling. <laughs> I think, I think there's something there, guys. This yeah. is, th I don't know what jog this in my brain, but I also meant to mention that uh, Michael Myers does try to stick Lori's hand in the garbage disposal. Um, and there's a scene from Halloween H2O that I really complained about because like there was supposed to be a like weird suspense thing around it. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Where like, it was like, is someone going to turn on the garbage disposal while she's sticking her hand or some guy, some character sticking their hand in it's it's young Robin Williams from the first Jumanji, and he's 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 right. he drops. I think he drops like the the wine opener 
yeah, in yeah. the garbage does, disposal. Yeah. And it takes like eight years for him to get it out. Uh, <laughs> and he's, he's like looking at the light switch like, oh. oh. The movie is 90 oh, minutes, but it somehow someone, takes eight years for yeah, this scene to like, happen. What if someone turned that on right now? And then he gets it out. <laughs> and then Michael Myers shows up and stabs him. It's just like, what was that? Um, so that was a better scene in this movie. <laughs> I, that, that specifically stood out to me. And I feel like it might actually be a reference. For a hot second, Uh, I thought you meant, like, Robin Williams. I was like, Alex, he wasn't in that movie. Ho, 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 here he comes. Wait. (laughs) He starts doing all his great voices. He's so lucky. I love Robin Williams. Um, I don't really have, like, a recommendation recommendation, but I did watch a movie that you could also title this movie. I watched Night Moves. Um, this is a uh, from I want to say 2014. It might not be by Kelly Reichart, friend of the podcast, uh, and it's cool. It's a movie about these three um, eco terrorists, essentially, who set off on a mission to blow up a hydroelectric dam, and it's about the the build up to the carrying out of and the aftermath of that mission, and. It didn't hit me as hard as First Cow or or Certain Women, but it's still got all your Kelly Reichardt trademarks. Um, the score is occasional but haunting. Um, it's got some beautiful imagery, some gorgeous shots. Of, I want to say like the Pacific. I want to say it's like Oregon, like up in the Pacific Northwest. And she's really good at capturing like times of day. Like she mm-hmm. doesn't ever seem. I don't know. Like late, like late afternoon, early evening, or like early early morning, like. She's really good at capturing those times of day. And I think it's just of like, she doesn't try to, you know, shoot day for night or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's, it's some really great stuff. And the the performances are really good. The three terrorists are played by Jesse Eisenberg, Dakota Fanning, and Peter Sarsgaard. Um, all three of whom are great. Jesse Eisenberg's really good in it. Um, you've also got, a, like, brief appearances by Catherine Watterson and Alia Shokat and James LeGrow. It's really good at being tense. Um in a very Kelly Reichardt way, which doesn't make sense. Oh, first cow has some pretty tense mo- scenes in it. Um, but it's neat. I, I wouldn't praise it as much as I praise those other two movies, but it's still, it's still Kelly Reichardt. It's still, uh, worth checking out. And, um, and I liked it. It's called night moves. I've heard of that one and I, I've like circled around it before. I, I yeah. do need to check that out at some point. It's cool. Kelly Reichardt should do every movie. I think she's got a new one out or coming out soon. I think she's she's back on that. Is it is it X Men Five Second Class? <laughs> it is. She's doing Fantastic Four. <laughs> it is, there's a beautiful would... there's a beautiful there's a beautiful shot in this movie of Jesse Eisenberg's hands and he just looks at his hands and it's very like moving and profound. <laughs> so it's the same thing with Reed Richards, but he's just making his fingers really long. Like, ooh. I need I need somebody to like. Like, I don't want to do something that would, like, cause, like, frustration to Kelly Reichardt, but I would like to see somebody be like, hey, if I told you you had to put Galactus in one of your movies, how, just, like, walk me through that. Give me a a preview. Well, first of all, he's Michelle Williams. Secondly, (laughs) there's a... do you guys think that Daniels got a lot of phone calls from Kevin Feige after he saw the hot dog fingers and everything everywhere? Mm-hmm. He was like, that's kind of like uh, Reed Richards. <laughs> do you guys want to do that? Nobody wants to do that movie. Will you? But see, the Daniels would just do Galactus. Then yeah, would they would like just straight up. Galactus, and that would be great. Yeah. So they, got they also did choose a director for that, right? 
Matt Shackman, didn't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. I was going to say, Kevin Feige is like the only person returning my calls is Josh Trank. The <laughs> only one. <laughs> I'm not giving it to Josh Trank. <laughs> Kevin Feige wakes up and looks out his window and Trank is in the, is in the yard. Hey, morning. <laughs> got, got you some coffee. I got, I got your other favorite person down here, Tom Hardy. I know you're excited about his Marvel prospects. I want to play the... He has how he talks, but he wants to play the Human Torch. Watch our Capone movie, Kevin. Then you'll definitely sign us on. <laughs> oh, that's fun. You guys got... Um, yeah, so I, I, I can't remember if I finished Sex Education on whenever... You know, we did Morbius last yeah, time, right? Yeah. Yeah, I finished Sex Education. It's really good. Season three gets a little wild, maybe too wild, but it's good. Yeah, I can't wait yeah. for season four. It still sticks to the landing. Yeah. Um, but my real recommendation, uh, I, I did a revisit. Um, I rewatched Eternals. Finally, oh. And it go. holds up. I was right all along. <laughs> Everyone else was wrong. <laughs> um, uh, Speaking I, I'm, of I, directors, I would not have predicted to do. That's yeah, lesson. really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I very much on brand with, with Halloween ends where there's a movie that nobody likes and I think is brilliant. Um, I, I still think it's, it might be my favorite MCU movie at this point. Um, my only problem with it is maybe some of the characters are maybe slightly too flat, but considering it's an ensemble piece, I don't really care. And it's got grander ambitions than that. And some of the CG in the third act sure. starts to fall apart a little bit but it's not to the same degree as like love and thunder or no way home or a lot of the other marvel fare um it's absolutely gorgeous the score is great and you're all wrong i want another one please eternals <laughs> i like richard madden <laughs> um i have no real recommendation i've been addicted to marvel snap uh so that's been taking up some free time which I, I, it is a fun game. I'm not really gonna like tell people to go play a free to play, mobile mobile app. That's just, it, it's not like a game that's like is gonna like make you feel like you have to pay money for it if you like if you enjoy it. So you know I can give it a like yeah you can try it out if that interests you. I'll wait for my energy crystals to <clears throat> recharge. Right, right. Uh, it's not really any issue with that. You know, if you like seeing Marvel characters do a thing. I think it's pretty good. Um, it's a fun card game. I'm really obsessed with Gwent from The Witcher. Yeah. That was like, when I played The Witcher 3, that was like most of what I spent my time doing. Yep. And it's very, it's very Gwent-esque, uh, I think. I think it's got a very similar vibe. Um, and maybe that's just because I don't play enough like game card games kind of like this, but like it is definitely uh, striking the same, the same note for me. Uh, I am going to continue our meme description segment uh real quick i'm gonna knock out a couple memes to make up for the fact that i did not do one for for morbius because uh, these it, are the whole episode was a meme yeah yeah in a way that was a meme description episode <laughs> um i am <laughs> that was the most <laughs> the most uh ambivalent chuckle i think I, you've ever given me Britain. <laughs> <laughs> i meant <it>. um <laughs> meaning i didn't mean it to sound ambivalent sure <laughs> Uh, but uh, th this continues on from Joseph's meme dump. Uh, again, Joseph is the only person providing me with those good, good memes. Uh, please do email herecomesequels at gmail.com if you have memes you would like me to describe. Um, so the first one we've got here 
We've got an image of a box, uh, and the the box is sitting on a shelf. Looks like maybe a target. It's got sort of the, the you know, the shelves that have like the holes in them. Uh, it's very like standard big box retail kind of kind of yeah. fair. Um, this is a a large black box, uh, and uh, there is a. I don't know exactly what the best way to describe it is. The, the name on the box uh, in, in rainbow letters that looks sort of like something you would see on like a Chinese takeout menu. You know, it's kind of like a very generic, like, oh, we have to try and replicate, you know, something that feels that feels Chinese or Asian and, and that effect. Uh, it is it is a rainbow gradient on this on this name that runs across the bottom of the box. And it does say puking kitty gravy boat. <laughs> okay. And uh, and there is an image of the item. It is clearly something. It's kind of like only on the right hand side of the box, uh, and the image is like it's this gravy boat that's got like a, a cat head on the front. So you would pour the gravy out of the cat's mouth. Uh, certainly does not sound very appetizing to me. Um, and the the caption around this on the top it's honey we have guests uh, bring out the fine china. So that's okay. that's a good meme. I like that. I think that's a good observational humor there <laughs> a little social oh. commentary yeah, a little bit um and then we also have um uh, just a, a quick one here uh i'll say the caption first because i think that'll kind of inform the image uh it's the caption is i don't mean to brag but i've got a purebred cat uh and in this case purebred is <laughs> alex i can see the disappointment <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the purebred is is spelled purebred as in bread <laughs> it's just i just, I, I, I don't care how it ends man <laughs> um, whatever the the image is giving this way too much laughter this does not deserve this. <laughs> the, the image is a cat made of bread so it's <laughs> oh my god uh, pretty, pretty good meme and that's all I've got for today <laughs> good good stuff send us your memes um, <laughs> if you if you would like to hear more of this riveting content <laughs> Please uh, find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. We are on Twitter at HTTSequels. Uh, as I said, you can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. We are on Spotify and uh, other various podcast apps. Uh, you can you can get us on all the stuff. But... Yeah. But like, it, like and subscribe and give us five stars. I don't know what any of these things do, but they like sort of... I think they, they tell... I don't know, like who's tim cook is that the apple guy yeah i think i think they go directly to him and he like reviews them all and he's like yeah that's a good podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you go to podcasts like more like this on our spotify page there's no podcast which is great (laughs) because we are truly one of a kind so uh yeah yeah love it you can't get can't get this anywhere else far set um we got um also i i do think we should say, at least at the time of this recording, uh, Halloween Ends is only available on Peacock or in a theater. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> go see it in a theater. <laughs> I think, I, I actually was kind of like, man, 
I wish I'd, I don't think I would really, uh, especially now that it's kind of past the season. I don't yeah. know that I would, I would really justify going to see it myself, but watching the movie watching it on, on TV, I was like, man, this is, this is something that would probably look pretty good, uh, in theater. So it's good stuff. Next week's going to suck. I've, I've been Alex. I've been Tyler. That's what we thought about this one. I've been Britain and you've been having <laughs> a good night. <laughs>